Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. When we think about generational wealth, we're thinking about how do we take everything we've spent our lives building to provide a foundation for the next generation to stand on top of and build from. That could be anything. And the study that I mentioned earlier that found that only you know 13% of college-educated African-Americans get $10,000 to the next generation, they chose $10,000 as their barometer because it has the ability to be transformational in somebody's life. Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. So come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here.
We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times, but your mind is on the future too, and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance, so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com slash wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value. Hey friend, it is great to have you listening to this super powerful episode today. The truth is everything in America isn't always equal. I know newsflash, right? Especially when we're talking about building and passing down generational wealth. The most important lesson that our guest, Portia Wood, a generational wealth planning attorney at the Wood Legal Group LLP shares, is that you must get educated to protect yourself and your family and learn how to build generational wealth for future generations. That is one of the most powerful tools you'll have in your money tool belt. Portia is passionate about teaching everyone about estate planning, especially black and brown communities. Portia shares how you can fight back and work to build true generational wealth, the three legal documents everybody needs, and how something as simple as a house can be one of your best generational wealth building assets. I hope you're as fired up after this episode as I was during this conversation. I think it's really time we start creating sustainable change for you, me, and everyone listening. We all deserve generational wealth, right? Let's get talking. This episode is a is a really important topic for me. There are some, I think, very staggering statistics that I almost hate reading because of the disparity that is just continuing to grow. However, I think we need to talk about this, and I'm so happy you're here to talk with us and educate us. I want to get into it. So some of these stats are that America's racial wealth gap is enormous. It's only getting worse. One study warns that if this is left unaddressed, the medium net worth of Black Americans will fall to zero by 2053. And as you say, Black and brown communities are in a state of just financial emergency and likely don't even know it. So Porsche, you're the expert here. Why is this hidden financial emergency happening for Black and brown communities? Yes. And thank you so much for bringing this topic to the forefront. Um, It is staggering. And I do say that it's a financial emergency because it is, quite frankly. Right. We are on the precipice of one of the largest wealth transfers in the history of this country. People keep talking about it. You know, the baby boomers hold the majority of the wealth. That is also true in the African-American community. However, in our community, the majority of people have no plan in place for how to pass that wealth, whatever they have, to the next generation. In fact, there was a study done around the same time in 2017 that found that only 13% of college-educated African-Americans were able to get $10,000 or more to to the next generation. Wow. Which means 87%. Of, of college-educated African Americans, so just a small segment of the po- uh, you know a pop- segment of the population, excuse me, so just a segment of the population, not even the entire community, and eighty-seven percent of them are unable to get more than ten thousand dollars to the next generation, and that's not because we don't have stuff, right? right. The African American community has one point two trillion dollars in spending power right now today. We have more wealth than ever before in the history of this country inside of the Black community. 
but we're slated to lose it and we're losing it quickly. So, you know, that's the emergency mm-hmm. because once it's gone, once you've lost it, you can't get it back. And people have put their blood, sweat, and tears into trying to accumulate this amongst all the other inequities in, 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 our, in our country. And despite that, have still been able to accumulate assets that then once they die, you know, get redistributed and don't quite make it to the next generation. So that's really the hidden financial emergency that we need to educate people on. So what can be done about this? Like how, how do we start changing? Um, is it, is it education? Is it, uh, you know, I, I don't know, you're the, you're the expert. Tell me, you know, what can be done about changing this? Yeah. You know, I think, I think forums like this are important. What, what you're doing right now is providing information and education. When people come to my office, generally they are coming because they've either seen a webinar or seen a TikTok that I've done or been in a clubhouse room with us. They've done some form of education that's triggered them to say, oh, I didn't know that I needed that. Let's sit down and have a conversation about it. It is not often that people just call me and say, hey, I need to do estate planning. (laughs) Right, because they just don't. It's know. not on the top of the yeah, not on the top of the to do list it's, normally. <laughs> normally, because there's a lot of assumptions. People right. make a lot of assumptions, and it, it, and they know just enough to be incredibly dangerous to themselves. And so people will say, "Oh, well, of course I'll get my mother's house. You know, I'm her kid. It's going to pass to me." Yep. Okay. Sure. How? What's the mm. process? And what people don't realize is that the loss happens in the weeds. It's the process where the loss happens. And so when we're thinking about education, you can't protect yourself against um, an emergency or against, you know, an enemy or against peril if you don't know what it is. Mm, So the first part definitely is education. How could you know, right? Right. How could you know? Mm. It's so so interesting. Um, I mean, I know the power of generational wealth planning. I'm a non-practicing certified financial planner. So I understand how important that is. And I saw so many families when I was practicing that didn't know about generational wealth planning and, and they didn't have proper documents set up, whatever it might be. And most of that money or a large portion of it went back to Uncle Sam, <laughs> to, the, <laughs> to, the, to the tax people, <laughs> to the yeah. government, to, to somebody else. And uh, you know, I think I was, what was it? Uh, Chadwick Bozeman who passed away. I was just mm-hmm. reading an article and it said that because he didn't have uh, a trust set up, his family, I believe only got a million dollars of his, of his net worth and the rest went, um, to the government, to other places. And so it's, it's not just a function of, of, being wealthy, right? Of you think somebody like that, like right. why wouldn't why wouldn't they have the information, right? <laughs> but it, it just it just isn't out there. So, you know, tell me a bit about this power of generational wealth building. Like, what is what does that look like? That I guess even that defining that term generational wealth. Yeah, absolutely. So, so for Chadwick Boseman's situation specifically, um, he did not have any estate planning in place as far as we know. And so under the laws of intestacy, all of his assets were separate property assets. He, 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 he made that money before he was married. And so under the laws of intestacy, half goes to his wife and half would go to 
kids if he had them or to his parents, which is what happened here. But the process, right, that we were talking about, that 900000 that was lost to, you know, the government taxes other entities is the part that could have been saved with an estate plan. They still each got about $1.25 million, right? They, they split a bunch of his estate. But that additional million could have been preserved, which can then be built to, to build to build wealth. Um, we always hear about the famous people and how right. they either yes. how they have fabulously messed up estate planning. Uh, Aretha Franklin <laughs> comes to mind, or or Prince, right? You know the the people we all look up to and and uh, seem to be pillars in our community. What we don't hear about very often are the people who do it right, because when you do it right, it's not public knowledge. So, you know, we think about Kobe Bryant. We don't know the full extent of Kobe Bryant's estate. We do know that he had a comprehensive estate plan because his wife, Vanessa Bryant, had to go to the probate court and ask a judge to add their youngest daughter, Capri. She had just been born and they hadn't updated their documents yet to include her. And so they had to go to the court to make sure she could be included. But that's all we really know about the estate because it was so well done. And that's how you do it, right? You got to keep it updated. That's a good example about updating, but that's how you do it. When we think about generational wealth, we're thinking about how do we take everything we've spent our lives building to provide a foundation for the next generation to stand on top of and build from. That could be anything. And the study that I mentioned earlier that found that only, you know, 13% of college-educated African-Americans get $10,000 to the next generation, they chose $10,000 as their barometer because it has the ability to be transformational in somebody's life. It has the ability to get someone out of a paycheck-to-paycheck cycle. It has the ability to get someone out of the cycle of poverty. It has the ability for someone to make an investment that could have meaningful returns. And so when we're thinking about wealth, oftentimes the average American goes, that doesn't include me. I don't have wealth. But that's because they're thinking about wealth in in these fabulous terms of millions and millions of dollars, when in reality it's as small or it's as little as $10,000 has the ability to change the tide. It's 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 as little as you know, I own this home that I maybe bought for $5,000, right, as a grandparent. And, you know, it's accumulated to $100,000. And maybe it doesn't seem like that much. But that one asset has the ability to provide wealth for a family for generations. Because you, you know, right, what can you do with an asset? You can leverage it. Unlike cash, nobody's going to lend you money on cash. Because cash is always <laughs> depreciating, right? And if you look right. at the if you look at what's happened in our society just in the last month, you know, eight point eight percent inflation, everything costs more, which means your money is worth less. Cash, they're never going to give you a loan on cash, but they will give you they will give you loans on assets. So if you inherit a home, even if it's worth fifty thousand dollars, well, that means you can likely take thirty thousand dollars in a in a mortgage, right? Not the whole, they're not going to leverage you 100%, but they may leverage you 75 to 80%. Well, what can you do with that $30,000 you didn't have before? Well, maybe it's a down payment on another $50,000 house. And now you can leverage that one and put tenants in there. And now you have an income stream and you keep being able to leverage. And as you level up, you might get four units, you might get six units, but that one asset 
will continue to appreciate, right? Because housing prices are not coming down much to everybody's chagrin, right? Um, <laughs> it, it just keeps getting more expensive because we're not making any more dirt. And there are more people looking for homes than there are homes in the market. And so the supply and demand says that houses are going to keep appreciating. And what that means is if you have a home in your family, you better fight <laughs> to keep that. And that's going to be a trust. That's going to be a trust to avoid court interference. It's going to be a trust to protect against any child's issues. That's going to be a trust and maybe saying things like I have in my plan, you can't sell my real estate, right? Oh, okay. So yeah. my, my son is four and a half. He's not allowed to sell my real estate. It's in my plan. And I get to say that because I'm giving it to you. It's mine. And I can give it to you however I want. And I'm giving it to him with the restriction of you can't sell it. But I also know that I have to give him a formula for how to use it. So in my trust, it specifies he can leverage it, take a loan out on it, up to 75% of the fair rental value. So if you can get $1,000 a month on that property in rent, you can take a mortgage that can't cost you more than $750 a month. That tells you what, how much money you can take out of that property and still have a tenant pay it back. I gave, I gave him the formula. But $750 a month in a mortgage is more than $100,000 in a loan that you can take right. out every 15 years. So now maybe you don't have college debt. Now maybe you've put a down payment, a sizable down payment on a four unit someplace. And now you've generated more income for yourself. One house, if properly protected and leveraged, can create wealth for generations. It's such a powerful statement. I thank you so much for for breaking it down that way. I want to I want to get into the nitty gritty of, of some of these important documents, but before we do that, I've actually had a couple of friends recently contact me and say, you know, they're they're mid thirties, maybe early forties, and they've never had conversations like this with their parents. They don't know their parents planning. They they don't know any of this. And they were asking me, you know, how do I start broaching these conversations with my parents so that at least I have an understanding, not from like a greed standpoint, but just an understanding of, you know, what their what their wealth looks like, what might be passed on, what are their wishes? You know, wh what are some thoughts on that? Like, how do you start having these conversations? Carefully, <laughs> you know, especially, especially in the African-American community. I mean, we have a lot of, um, there's a lot of mistrust, right? There's a certain element where you hear people say, you know, you need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps or, you know, don't count, right, don't yeah. count the money in my pockets or, you know, stay out of my pockets kind of thing in, in this idea of, of being very closed mouths. And, and that, that's a survival mechanism, right? Because if mm -hmm. people knew what was happening, they would come for you. Uh, in Black Wall Street, when people were prospering and they had thriving businesses and, and economies, uh, you know, the United States leveled their community with planes and bombs and burned it to the ground. I mean, people physically had these things taken. And so there is a silence element around not being too loud about what you have for fear that someone is going to come and take it. So one of the ways that I always talk to people, um, especially my, my younger clients, and I say, the best way to get this conversation started is to talk to them about what you're doing. 
Talk to them about your own estate planning. Talk to them about what you have learned because everybody over the age of 18 needs some form of estate plan. We don't need the same estate plan, right? Because an 18-year-old's assets are likely going to be different than our parents and vice versa. But we all need some form of an estate plan. We need the documents that are going to pick the people who can manage our financial affairs as well as our persons if we can't do it. So if we're in a car accident or we have a stroke or we get COVID-19 and we're in the hospital or, you know, Britney Spears who had a a full-on mental breakdown and had to go under conservatorship, if she had had a power of attorney designating who she wanted, she would not have been stuck with her father. She would have been able to pick someone else to make those decisions. But because she didn't, a judge had to do it on her behalf. And that's the conservatorship we've all seen. Everybody over the age of 18, regardless of how much money they have, should have a designation for that. The second one is going to be your healthcare documents. Who makes your medical decisions if you're not in a position to make them yourself? Again, those documents have nothing to do with how much money you have and everything to do with personal bodily autonomy and the ability to still have a voice when perhaps illness has taken your voice away. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? 
Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash E-T-M for your extended 30-day free trial. You just don't, you don't think about a lot of this stuff uh, specifically until something bad happens. And then a lot of times it's too late. And I know that, you know, people, I mean, human nature, right? We don't want to do things that maybe don't make us feel good or think about subjects that... <laughs> don't make us feel good particularly when it comes to money but it just it's so important to just hit the pause button and set some of these things up so that you don't have to think about it you don't have to worry about it anymore and you're also not in a situation that is you know kind of caught you off guard i i can remember as um i think i was maybe 12 13 years old my parents sat my brother and i down my brother's about 5 years older and explained to us that they had set up a trust and explained as best as possible as we could understand how it worked and uh, talked to us about life insurance that they had and talked to us about uh, if something happened to them, what, you know, where we were going to go and who we were going to live with and, and all of this information. And I said to you know, my parents at the time, why are you talking to us about all of this? And they said, well, we just, we don't want you to be stressed out. We don't want you to have fear, but we want you to have this understanding of these are our finances and 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 this is the scenario. And then over the years, they've continued to have some of those conversations. And, you know, I can say that it's it's put me at some level of ease because I know that they have things planned out. Uh, and I also have this greater understanding of how important this is. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you've got to imagine I have similar conversations with my parents, but they actually really instilled that in us when we were young. If they would go on vacation, they would write out a list and say, here are the people that you need to talk to. Here's where the key to the safety deposit box is. This is the person who's going to be in charge of handling the finances. They've got the estate plan in place. You know, 
they same thing. It started early and it, it, it gave a sense of comfort to say, you've planned for if something goes wrong, how we continue to thrive. You didn't just throw your hands yes. up and say, hey, you guys, you, hey, hey, kids, <laughs> figure it figure out. It out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, sorry, we know we brought you into this world, but you know, you, you guys, are, you're 10 and 12, you'll figure it out. Uh, you're no, smart, they, you'll get you're it. You're smart, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, sink or swim. Um, you know, really making a concerted plan. And that's that's what's so important. And so that's really the third thing that everybody over the age of 18 needs is their distribution plan, right? What Tell happens? Tell me about this. Yeah, it's like what happens to everything that you've built, like your bank account, the clothes in your closet, your car, your home, life insurance, retirement accounts, all of these things, where does it go and how does it get there? And the how part is, is really important. And so when we're thinking about your distribution plan and what it needs to look like, I'm always asking the question, what's your family structure? Are you single? Are you divorced? Are you widowed? Are you married? Are you in a blended family? Do you have minor kids, adults? Because that's going to determine what kind of plan you need to protect those specific beneficiaries for your situation. What are your assets? Do you have a bank account? You're just starting out, maybe a car. A will is probably enough for you. But if you own a home or you have minor kids or you know you have these different assets, you're likely going to need a trust. And for most Americans, it's probably going to be a trust-based structure that's really going to protect their family. And then what are your tell me goals? A little bit, tell me a little bit about, about the trust. Um, how does that actually, how does setting up a trust actually protect us? Yeah, that's a great question. So a will still has to go to court. And most people don't realize that. A will doesn't avoid probate court because a will still needs to be certified. A will tells the judge where you want things to go, but the judge is the entity that actually transfers it, which means you still have the process of court interference. You still have all of the fees associated with court interference. A trust avoids court entirely because what you have done is you've actually transferred title to your assets while you're alive. You transfer them to you as trustee of your trust. So if you become incapacitated or when you pass away, you've already selected who the next person in line to manage those assets is because it's already in the trust document, which the assets are in the trust name. You don't need a judge to transfer the assets anymore, which means all of those court fees and time for going through the court process is eliminated. It's a substantial savings, particularly when it's upwards of 30% of the estate in California that can be lost in just the probate process. In fact, wow. probate court across a the, lot. is a lot across the United States annually. Approximately $2 billion, billion with a B, billion dollars is lost across this country by going through a probate process that's 100% avoidable with a comprehensive estate plan. Wow. I mean, I just have to pause with those numbers. That that is that is a lot of wealth that is that is lost. And I think about what families and people could do with that amount of money. And like you said, it is it is avoidable. I mean, it's just crazy to me. Um, tell me tell me a little bit about so if I'm listening right now and I'm married, do my assets if something happened to me, do they pass directly to my partner, my spouse, or how, do, how does that work? It depends. <laughs> Sorry, a lawyer's favorite answer, but it depends. Much like the example with Chadwick Boseman uh, that we brought up earlier, 
you know, his assets were divided between his spouse and his parents, and then ultimately the court as well, because um, he didn't have an estate plan in place. But that's because it was separate property assets. So, you know, marital property or community property in a state like California, you pass away, yes, your other spouse will be able to inherit the community if 100%. And then separate property, they're not going to get. So it, it just depends. And that's why every situation requires its own careful analysis. Because you may have a spouse, right? right? And let's assume, let's assume that spouse who passed away had a child from another union. Well, if all of the assets were community, the new spouse has gotten everything and the child from the previous union cannot inherit from the new spouse without an estate plan because stepchildren do not inherit from stepparents under the laws of intestacy. So that new spouse will have gotten everything from that, that parent, that biological parent, and then their heirs, whether that be their own kids or their parents or their nieces and nephews would then inherit from them under the law and that child who maybe grew up in that home or, you know, got nothing when their parent died. So there's so many variables uh, based on everybody's individual situation that I wouldn't want to say a blanket rule here, but which is why I say it depends. <laughs> I say that a lot too with money, right? <laughs> asterisk, asterisk. <laughs> asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. Who knows? It depends. Uh, but the other thing that people don't generally talk about is remarriage protection. Right. So if you have kids and you guys are happy and in love and everybody's great and one of the spouses dies, which is far more common than both of you dying at the same time, the living spouse is likely going to remarry at some point. And now we have a blended family situation, much like the example I just gave. How do you protect the kids of your union from remarriage of your spouse if one of you should die? Well, you got to have a plan in advance. You got to do it before you need it. it. It's these little tweaks, but they have a huge impact on what can get passed down to the next generation and how they are able to leverage that. Good to know, right? There's a lot to think about. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that I that I also love about you, Portia, is that you and your mom are generational wealth planning attorneys. I think that's really cool that you're you both work together. Uh, I I want to know more from you. Like, what fires you up about helping Black and Brown communities really change this and and build some sustainable wealth for families? We have to. We cannot maintain a seat at the table. You know, I grew up in a home and in a family that says sort of each one teach one, right? Once you know better, you continue that information. You don't hoard it. My great, great, great grandfather was born enslaved in Montgomery County, Maryland. Um, his father being uh, the, the enslaver. And upon his his biological father's passing, you know, my great, great, great grandfather was passed in an estate plan as property to his biological aunts. Um, He subsequently, because he was given some freedoms over, over others, he was able to keep a garden and sell his own fruits and vegetables at market. He was able to buy his freedom and subsequently buy the freedom of his wife and his four children. And then the land that they tilled as enslaved people, 660 acres in Montgomery County. Based on what he had seen, when he died, he created a rudimentary estate plan, but but an effective one for the the time 
that passed the land and divided it between his four children, sons and daughters, which you know was relatively uncommon at the time. My great-great-grandmother sold her parcel to her brother because that was a requirement in the plan. If you were going oh. to sell, you needed to offer to your siblings first to keep wow. consolidation of land. She sold her, her quarter to her brother and took that money. Uh, and she and her husband used it to found the Afro-American newspaper, which is the longest continuously running family-owned Black newspaper in the country at 130 years. Wow. And the, their why, right? Like their why for doing that was nobody was telling our stories. Nobody was talking about our successes, about our joys. Nobody was celebrating us. Nobody was talking about how different law changes were going to impact us, how, you know, a a more nuanced narrative on criminal cases versus, you know, that anything to counteract what the mainstream media was doing. Nobody else was doing that. And it was important to provide education, to provide resources, to to provide support for our community. And in that, you know, knowing that history and the, the shoulders upon which I stand, every generation since then has continued to follow sort of in that ethos. And so our business is, is no different, right? We just do it in a different format. We do it with wealth. Um, my younger sister is the executive director of the Afro Charities. My aunt still serves as publisher. And so there are, we, we still live that model. And I think that that's one of the things that that really fires me up is, is knowing that there is this emergency and nobody's talking about it. I have this information. Let me do as much as I can to make sure it gets out there. And then we started doing these strategy sessions with people where it's, you know, book a time, sit down, talk with me. Let's look at everything you've got going on and let's map out a strategy for generational wealth for your family. Let's look at, wow, I'm- then, you know, sorry, but then, you know, you, you know what you can do and you're not operating in the dark. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com 
slash ETM and enter code ETM at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash ETM. Go to joindeleteme.com slash ETM and use code ETM for 20% off. Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of The Daily Book Club, a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time, or just relax to a good book, listen to The Daily Book Club to get wrapped up or unwind during your day. We'll read classic stories like Pride and Prejudice, The Enchanted April, The Wind in the Willows, beautiful stories all told from start to finish. And you can even do a real book club. Tune into the Daily Book Club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to the Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in the Daily Book Club. Talking about money is hard. You know this already. All over the world, people are taught to never talk about money, politics, sex, or religion in polite company. On 50 Fires, a podcast about money and meeting from executive producers Chip and Joanna Gaines, host and financial conversationalist Carl Richards will remove money from that list by having frank, funny, and often difficult conversations about money, the kind we're all told not to have, with guests from all walks of life. In each episode, Carl will invite a new guest to answer the question, what does money mean to you? Their answers will reveal much more than their attitudes about money, spanning revelations about identity, community, faith, family, and the true meaning of wealth. Tune in to hear deep conversations about money and the meaning it holds in our lives. You can find 50 Fires on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I got chills with your your story. I mean, what an incredible just you know, background and legacy, but what a horrific story starting out. I mean, I it just it's still I my my little like pea brain can't process what we've done <laughs> in this country our our history. It just it's it's still so hard to um understand, but I love the story of how your family has passed down generational wealth and and that you're still continuing to do that. I just think it's it's so incredible and I'm I'm guessing that your children will probably continue to do the same and, and maybe the same way or or a different way. And I I just think it's great that you're out there talking about this so that we can really increase generational wealth. I I have a question. It might be a little bit like um the million dollar question, but <laughs> okay, um, you know if if these stats were different and we could, you know, families were really in black and brown communities, whatever demographic, were passing down generational wealth. How would that change our country, our world? Like, what do you what do you see that impacting? Access, innovation, life. Right. If you have the ability to feel confident that you will have food in your fridge, I mean, basic life necessities, that you would have a roof over your head instead of housing instability, that you can be the master of your own destiny, then you are no longer operating from a survival mindset. And many people of, 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 of all colors 
in the United States are operating from a survival mindset because there's, there's no support system. We can't keep starting over from zero. We have to be working so that the next generation has a leg up. And if they do, how much more innovative could they be? How many people would have been incredible scientists but didn't have the finances to be able to, to go to college or grad school? How many people could have been the next you know, Nobel Peace Prize winner but didn't have stability at home to, to get the grades to finish school because maybe they were falling asleep in class because of, you know, they kept having to, homeless, right? Kept moving houses. What kind of stability can you provide when we can actually keep and consolidate what we're working for? And unfortunately, every time somebody gets sick and every time somebody passes away, there's a huge disruption and instability and then there's loss. And there's always someone, I don't want to call them predators, but they are kind of predatory. There's always someone who has the economics to swoop in and capitalize on that loss. And it's and it's not the people who who <laughs> who who look like the people who have lost it generally, uh, and so yes. you start to see these huge disparities. I would say, and this is a long-winded answer, but you asked me a really nuanced question. Um, I would say, you know, you look at an example like South Central or Inglewood in California, historically depressed, historically marginalized in the last you know two decades, three decades. Um, Significant amounts of disinvestment from the state, once a thriving Black community. So, you know, middle class, there were plants, there were jobs, people bought homes, they got to buy into the American dream, you know, the, the Harlem Renaissance of the West, lots of affluence. The plant jobs disappeared. The next generation did worse than their parents because there were no jobs, there was no access, there was nothing to do, Right. The jobs were gone. And so, and you know, we had the 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 war on drugs sort of come in and decimate communities and separate people from the community, all of these social issues. But yet those people who were able to buy those homes and still hold on to them, today those homes are worth a million plus dollars. Right? So you go from five thousand dollars to a million plus dollars, it's a huge amount of growth and opportunity. However, there has been zero information, education, protection to, to make sure that people who have been able to hold on to these assets actually get to make them intergenerational. And you have to think about because of the war on drugs, people have incarceration issues, people may have addiction issues, people may be on government services, people may have back child support, all of these social issues that come in as a result of legal practice of the time, right? What does that mean right. for inheritance? Well, if three people inherit this million dollar home and one of them has, you know, back child support or restitution issues owed to the state, well, the state can put a lien on that property and force a sale. And now all three people have lost this asset because of one person's issues, which is completely unnecessary because you could set up a trust-based structure that has a component to protect against that. You just have to know that you can. You just have to know right. that it's possible. And if you don't, you know, if we stick our head in the sand, the way the law works is not to protect people's property. It's to say either you make a plan for yourself and for your family, or you are stuck with our plan. 
and that's it. <laughs> yeah, and we don't we don't want that to happen. That is for sure. I I I want to end. This has been a completely illuminating conversation, but I want to end with a quote that you had that really it has an impact on me, and I think it will hit our listeners too. You say that. Too many people have worked their entire lives holding on to the American dream only to die and to have the benefit of their hard work lost to their families because they did not know how to protect it. I mean, that is definitely the theme of what we've been talking about during this conversation. Portia, what's what's one thing or maybe even a couple of things you wish everyone listening would do right now to protect their family wealth? Maybe you've not mentioned it or maybe something that you just really want to drive home about family wealth. Get educated. You do not know what you are up against until you know what the process is. And you can't possibly know how to protect yourself if you don't know what your options are for protection. We have a free resource library on our website, literally woodlegalgroup.com. Click on the down menu. It says access resource library. It is free. It will talk to you about the process. I have a chart on the probate numbers and just the statutory loss of how much money based on how large your estate is. Um, the studies that I've mentioned are there. So, you know, don't take my word for it. Go read the studies for yourself and, and see what's going on. Um, learn about living trust. Learn about where wills may be appropriate. Learn about these different documents and what they do so that you know, or at least can start to begin to understand how you can protect yourself. Because you cannot have something in place that you know is going to protect your family if you don't know where all of the perils are. And so I would say that's the first thing. Please, please take some time to get educated. Mm, Portia, yeah. I, I Thank you for sharing that all. I would love for you to just, just repeat for anyone listening, uh, where do they go to find you again uh, to access all of these amazing resources that you talked about? Absolutely. Woodlegalgroup.com. It's W-O-O-D-L-E-G-A-L. G-R-O-U-P.com. Uh, and you can just do the drop down menu there. I'm also woodlegalgroup.com on Instagram and Black Trust Fund Kids on Clubhouse and TikTok. It's hard to sum up my most impactful takeaway from this episode, other than to say, by you just listening to Portia's information, you're already making change. If you've never asked yourself the question, what does wealth mean to me? I suggest you really start there. As Portia shared, generational wealth isn't only reserved for the uber-rich. It's for people like you and me who have an invested interest in protecting and preserving what we've got so we can grow it for future generations. I don't know about you, but that seems pretty freaking cool to me. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend, family member, anybody who needs to know a little bit more about protecting their net worth, building some generational wealth. As always, I'll see you back here in a few days for a brand new episode. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC.